I believe that uh, when we walk in intimacy with the Lord, our whole life changes. Your past, your present, your addictions, your struggles, the things that people have done to you, the way people have abandoned you or labeled you, the things that you have partnered with in your heart and mind, I don't care what they are. Only He has the authority to tell you who you are. We have to ask Holy Spirit to download His heart to our heart. We have to be people who raise their hands and say, I'm here, this is my city, this is my region, it's not somebody else's problem. I was saying um, on Facebook today, I, this message has been bubbling up in me for a couple weeks now, and so I'm just ready just to let it out because I feel like, um, I just, I, not, not that I feel like, I know that God is ready to move in your life today. If you're in this room, He wants to move in your life today. And I was telling first service, I, I got to, um, now that Tori, has moved on and stuff, uh, we are kind of just taking some spots on, in youth ministry. And so I went to Sunday night and I led the high school youth group with April. And uh, I was talking to these kids and they were, one of them said, you know, we have real life problems too. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. You do, you know, and I haven't been, I mean, yes, I haven't been in high school in a lot of years. I don't even actually know how many years it's been. It's just there's a lot of years in there. But I was thinking, like, man, if you're in high school and you're in this room, like, God has something for you today. This isn't just for the adults and your parents brought you in. God wants to meet every single one of you today. And so this is going to take our us, every single one of us, saying, hey, okay, God, I want you to encounter me in this place. I want to walk out of this place different today. And it's going to take you saying, heart, you need to wake up and be ready because I have, I want to hear what God has for me today. And I want my mind to be in place. A lot of times the thoughts are like going everywhere, but we're, no, we have authority over our mind. And so minds, we say, line up in the name of Jesus that we are going to receive from God today. Because I believe that every single one of you is going to walk out of this place today and you're going to be lighter. God wants to, to do some stuff with you today. He wants to make an exchange with you. Someone told me in first service, man, I feel like I just had open heart surgery, but I feel all healed already. And I was like, okay. So, you guys ready? Yeah. Open heart surgery? No, it's not going to be, I mean, it might be, I don't know. But God, he's got stuff for every single one of us in this place. And, um... So we're going to read uh, out of Luke today, Luke 1, of course we are, because it's the Christmas season, we're in the Advent series and God with us, we're talking about Emmanuel, God with us, and so Luke 1 is where we're going to be reading out of today, and the, there's two stories that we're going to read out of Luke 1, one is a story about Zechariah, and the other is a story about Mary, and Zechariah he is a priest, in, um, and so he is one of the guys that gets to go into the temple. The presence of God is in the temple. At this point, this is before Jesus came. And so he is one of the, the priests that gets to go into the temple. He is married to a woman named Elizabeth, and it says they are very um, old in years, and that they have not ever conceived children. 
And so um, they are people that love the Lord. They're known to be people that are righteous. They obey the law. Um, and so he is, it's his week to go into the temple and to burn incense in the temple. And no one else can go in the temple. Uh, they're all outside worshiping and praying outside because only priests are allowed in there. So Zechariah feels like he's all by himself in this temple, right? And let's read in verse 11 what happens to him because he encounters an angel. It says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah and turn hearts of the parents to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteousness and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So Zechariah, he thinks he's alone in this temple. He's burning incense and doing what he's supposed to. And all of a sudden, he's startled because this angel, Gabriel, walks in the door. I'm sure that all of us would be startled if we were alone and an angel walked in the door and then started reading our mail. Hey, I know your name. I know what you and your wife have been praying for, and I'm telling you, I am speaking from God, and he is going to bring you those things. So what would your response be in that? See, I, I would be like a little terrified, I'm thinking. Like, how does this angel know everything? And is this an angel? I don't even know, right? It would be a little, little crazy. But see, this angel, he, he appears to him, and his response to the good word that this angel wanted to bring him is this. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. See, what he does is he brings before the angel everything that he, he knows about his life. He's like, this is impossible. Don't you see? Me and my wife, we're not young people. Like, look at her. She's a little bit old to have a baby. And so, you know, he's like just stating the obvious of this is what we see. So are you sure that you got that one right? I'm not really sure that you're hearing God on that. That's basically what he's saying in this conversation. So then it says in verse 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Wow. So his wife becomes pregnant, and he is silent now for nine months, because he didn't believe God. He didn't believe what this angel was speaking to him from God. Okay, that's a crazy story. And it, it just seems like, I, 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 I'm wondering, like, why you wouldn't believe that it was from God. Because are you out telling every single person that you've been praying for a baby if you're old in years? I doubt that you are. So how did this angel know? But yet he still doubts it and he questions. Are you really from God? Is this really what God's saying to you? So he's questioning it. 
So Luke 1.26 is a story now about Mary. And this is a story that we all know very well, and we hear it around this time of the year. Everybody preaches about Mary, right? Because Jesus. This is what we're celebrating. So uh, Luke 1.26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give you forgive him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So now Mary is a young girl. I think she's probably an you know, early teenager. And she gets met with an angel, just like Zachariah did. And she has crazy circumstances, too. Like, how would this even be possible? Have you guys ever heard, you know, like, she's probably thinking, I've never heard of a virgin ever having a baby. I don't understand this. So she, she has every, like, all her circumstances are just like Zachariah's. They were old in years. Now she's like, I've never been with a man, so why would I get pregnant? But her response is completely different than Zachariah's response. She says this, As a question, but it's more of an entry. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in, in her old age. And she who was unable to conceive is in her sixth month. No word from God will ever fail. And this is Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. She responded with belief. She responded with, okay, if that's what God says, I am your servant and I will do that. She knew that God was speaking to her, and she believed. And it says in verse 45, blessed is she who has believed. Okay, I can't do it. Every time I read this, it's like, blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. See, it's two different people and two different experiences encountering an angel and hearing from God. And she's a young girl that has, this is completely impossible. And she believes the words that God is speaking to her. And it completely changes everything and she is blessed. For us here and now, God is with us. Jesus came on this earth to be with us, and he left us the Holy Spirit as a gift. He is always with us. And I had this revelation the other day as I was spending time with the Lord of, you know, before there was Jesus, before he came to the earth, before he left Holy Spirit for us, he would send, God would send angels to speak to his people. 
So you read about angels encountering God's people over and over, especially all in the Old Testament. That's what you see. Angels speaking for God. But the thing is, as I'm sitting in my room the other morning, I had this gasp moment of God is with us and he speaks to us directly. He doesn't need to even send his angels to us anymore. He might do that. You never know when you might encounter an angel. But what I'm saying is he wants to be face to face with every single one of us and have relationship with us and to talk to us about everything that's going on in our life. But we are a lot of times like this, going, yeah, God, you're good, and you can send people to tell me things. But when we actually sit in front of you and talk to you, sometimes we are a monologue. We just tell him what we need, and then we don't wait to hear what he wants to say back. He wants to have a dialogue with us. He wants conversation. He wants to sit face to face with his kids and say, can I speak into that? Yeah, I know what you're seeing, but I have something for that. See, that's a huge revelation that we should get. And if we do get that, it changes every bit of our life. He wants to talk directly to each one of us and have a personal relationship. See, if we believe this, and we're saying this, and we're singing this, and we're saying, yeah, God, you are an intimate God, you want relationship with me, then your life should look maybe a lot different than what it looks like right now. Because what's coming out of you? Does that come out of you? Are you fully alive? What do you look like in your workplace? Are you encouraging and, and hopeful? And Because we're in a dead world. People are dying all around us. You should be the most joyful, hopeful person. And I'm not saying you have to put on a show. I'm not saying it's a behavior issue. Because we have hard days and we have things that we walk through. It's a hard encounter that says, I know what God says about this situation. I know what God says about this business that I'm working in. I know what God says about you. If we really believe that God is with us and that he speaks to us face to face, then we should have the most healthy, amazing, thriving marriages ever. Ever. But a lot of times we see dysfunction and a lack of communication and all these things. What does God say about your marriage? What does he say about you in your marriage? Have you asked him those questions? Because he wants to talk to you about it. He is with us. He has, wants conversation with us. We should be fully alive, thriving people in this dark world that people are dying because we lack nothing. It's the song we sing, you satisfy me. We lack nothing when we are with God. He is with us, and we are not empty because of that. And it's one of those things you don't have to clean up your act for him to speak to you either. I was reading through, you know, Jesus, he, he met with people that no one else would meet with. He was constantly going into those places that everybody else is like, yeah, right. Like, we don't talk to them. Have you seen what they did? You know, so he goes to that lady at the well, the woman at the well. She's there in the middle of the afternoon where it's scorching hot. All the other ladies had gone in the morning, but her life is such a mess that she's not allowed to go out there in the morning. So she's by herself. And it says that she's had five husbands, and the person that she's living with at that moment was not even her husband. 
And who meets her in that place? It's Jesus. He's not afraid of our messes. He just wants to be face to face with us. You know, and then there's Nicodemus, who he's a tax collector and he's stealing everybody's money and everybody hates him. And Jesus is like, hey, come down from that tree. I'm going to your house. We're going to go eat together. Wow. He doesn't care that you're a mess. He just wants to have a relationship with you because when you're in alignment with him, your life starts to change. Yes. And you're going to stop doing those things because he satisfies you completely. So last year we did this thing, I, I preached during the Advent season and we did this thing um, on joy. And I had you write on a card some stuff and you went and made an exchange with, with the Lord and you got a prophetic word and there was an amazing encounters constantly with people where they were hearing specific words that we didn't know as we wrote them who it was going to go to. And God was speaking to hearts last year. And I thought, okay, I don't want to do the same thing, but what are we doing? And God's like, I want to talk to my kids today. So we're going to do a couple different things. The first one, it's going to just, we're going to engage this and we're going to say, okay, we're going to do this. So if you look under the seats, mostly on the aisles, you're going to see paper and pens. And I want everybody in the room to have paper and pen. This is not that. I'm just, I want you to hear God today. So if you have walked into this room carrying whatever it is that you walked in here with, I want you to write it down. What is heavy on you today? What things are you walking through in your life? Where is there maybe fear in your life? Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've been hurt lately. Maybe you're struggling financially. Whatever it is that is holding you back or um, heavy on you, I want you to write it down. So things that you're thinking about, things like that. We're gonna just play music for a couple minutes and we're just gonna give you some time to say, okay, what am I carrying right now? What things am I walking through in my life right now?
going to do is we're going to listen to God on what does he say about all those things that you just wrote down. And you may be like, I don't know if I hear God. That may be a little stretch for some of you. And that's okay. I totally get it. I think hearing the voice of the Lord is something that we get to learn and we get to walk in. And, and a lot of times, for me, I know that like the voice of God is, is in my head and it sounds like me. But there's no way on earth that I would ever come up with the things that he's saying to me. And I know it's not the enemy because it's too good. Right? Uh, but some people, maybe it's you're seeing a picture of something. Maybe you're a visual person. So God's all of a sudden going to show you this picture. Ask him what it means. Write it down. But I want you to look at the, I want you to put it in the next column. Because I, I did this a couple years, well, it was probably about eight years ago. I did this. I, I remember going into counseling with Lois, and then I needed to just see what I was so angry about, what I was carrying that was I wasn't letting God meet me in. And I remember sitting at a park, and I just was, of course, yelling, and people thought I was crazy. But that's okay. But I remember writing things down. And I was like, I'm mad at you about this, and I'm disappointed in this, and this hurts me, and I'm ticked off about this. And then the Lord was just patiently waiting, and then I was like, okay, now what do you say? And he just started answering things for me, and I got to look at both of them and see, man, God, your perspective is not my perspective, and I want your perspective. So I want you to just take some time to say, God, what do you say about these things that I wrote down? And don't get frustrated if you're like, I'm not hearing God. That's okay. This isn't the only time that you're going to be able to do this. You can take this with you, and God will meet you in these things. But see, the thing that we're talking about today is God is with us, and he speaks to us. And we get an opportunity to believe what he says or to not. And so I want you to take a minute, we're just going to take about three minutes, and I want you to say, God, what do you say about this? And I want you to write it down. So go for it. Thank you. 
there may be things that God's going to still keep speaking to you. So this isn't like the end of this. You get to take this home with you. I just wanted us to walk through this exercise because I felt like we need to know how easy it is to just say, God, I need you to speak to me. What do you see in this? Because we need to be walking with him in order to have a fully alive life, in order to be walking in this dark world. We need to hear what God has to say. And we need to stand on those truths. And one thing I was thinking about is a lot of times we, um, if we really believed this, if we really believed that God is with us and we really believed that he is who he says he is and that he speaks to us, then the way that we speak about the situations in our life should be a lot different than how we speak about them. Because a lot of times what we do is we line up with what we see instead of saying, God, what do you see? So I can start declaring that over this. Yeah, yeah. So we need to change our, our vocabulary. We need to change what we're saying over these things in our life and stop aligning because what's going to make us different in this world is how we respond to all these situations that are going on. So we're going to do one more thing. And this is something that I've been praying about for the last two weeks and the Lord has been putting these things on my heart and I'm I've been praying, and I've been crying, and I've been spending time just really um, interceding for this morning. See, I, I feel like there are a lot of things that, like, God gave me a list of things that I'm going to talk about today. And I felt like what I saw was a picture of people sitting down, and there's chains all around them. And these things, these lies that we've agreed with, these situations that are going on in our life, they've been just entangling us and we can't move. But what I saw was people standing up and the chains just falling because the victory is already his. Amen. The chains are already broken. They're just sitting on us and we need to get out of them and we need to stand up. And so I'm going to list off some things that I feel like the Lord has given me that people are dealing with in this place today. And I feel like you're going to have an encounter with God where he's going to exchange some stuff with you. Because for too long you've been sitting in underneath this weight. And God's like, I want you to be fully alive. And I don't want that to weigh you down anymore. I have already given you the victory. So stand up. So these things, one of them is fear. Are you struggling with fear? Are you someone that is gripped by fear and you think, well, this is just how it's going to be. I have anxiety. This is what goes on in my life. I get it. I was there for a lot of years. But that, I want to tell you the truth is perfect love casts out fear. And God is perfect love. And if we're saying that he's with us, then there's no room for fear in our life because he is with us. So we need to make an exchange with him for that fear that keeps taking us out. Because it wants to rip you off. It wants to kill you. And we have been way too long of letting it kill us. So I want, in a minute, when after all, I've read all these, I'm going to have you stand. And I really believe that fear is going to fall off of you. Just like those chains are just going to fall off of you. Amen. Maybe some of you are dealing with a lot of sorrow. There's been a lot of pain and loss in your life. And you've been struggling. And you're like, I don't know how to even get out of this. I've been feeling this for so long, and I just keep losing things. People, things are happening in my life. You see, in Jeremiah, it says about God, you who are my comforter in sorrow. I believe that as you stand, the picture that I saw was the Holy Spirit just coming and wrapping his arms around you. 
He is the comforter. And a lot of times we try and just make it through our sorrow and our grief and our loss and all these things. And God's like, let me in. I am with you and I'm your comforter and I just want to come and just hold on to you. I'm crying with you. I feel it. But he also is bringing his healing to your heart. Yes. There are many people in this room that are just walking in complete loneliness. You know, in the holidays, they do this to us a lot of times. I, I know as a single person, I can tell you, I understand the struggle of being single in the holidays or around your birthday. It is rough. I totally get it. But can I tell you what God has said to us about the lonely? He puts lonely in families. You have walked in this door. I don't know what brought you here, but you are involved in a family now. This is a community of people. You are not alone. But on top of that, if you're going to be disappointed and just so depressed and sad because God hasn't brought you somebody yet, I get that. I've done that my whole life. Right? But he, those things will never satisfy us. It's him that's going to satisfy you completely. And if you would take that stand, he's going to meet you in that place and he is going to satisfy your heart. He wants to have an intimate relationship with you. And he wants to know you deeply and he wants you to know that he is the only thing that will ever satisfy you. And then there's some that are struggling with sickness and you've been needing healing in your body and God wants to make an exchange with you. But I felt like as I was praying that he wants to change the language that you speak about what you're walking through as well. So as you stand, he wants to heal your body, yes, but he wants to heal your mind and your thoughts and your words that you speak as you're walking through whatever difficulty you're walking through. And then, you know, we've seen over and over God healing hearts. And I know that there are many in this room that you have been injured, you have been hurt by other people, and a lot of times it's been Christians, and it's the church that you're upset with, and you've been harmed in those places. And I'm telling you right now, that grieves God's heart. That is not his heart for you, and he wants to heal you in these places. That's not what he wanted for you. And whoever has hurt you, I believe that he wants to align your thoughts with his thoughts for that person. Because the thing is, he really does love them. Yeah. And whatever they did to hurt you, it's out of whatever they're broken in. And God wants to heal their hearts as well. And so maybe it's you releasing forgiveness upon them that's going to begin that process that they can go in and get some healing as well. But he wants to make an exchange with you and he wants to heal your heart so that you're not carrying this around anymore. He wants you to live fully alive. And there's some of you that are struggling with feeling unloved or cared for. And I felt like you were struggling even to love yourself. And I just saw the Lord just say, I just want to come in and just scoop you up. And I just want to look in your face and I want to tell you what I see in you. I want to tell you how much love I have for you and that these are the things that I love about you. And these times with, with me and you, I love them and I want to spend time with you. See, his love is perfect. But because it's not a physical love, a lot of times we just kind of let it be out there. And he's like, let me in closer. I'll let you feel my presence. But it's going to take us standing and saying, I want that, God. 
I want that. And I want to, to not um, give into comparison anymore. I feel like there's a many in this room that give into comparison constantly. And comparison wants to come in and kill you. If I, I had this thing, I'm just going to do it because I don't care. I have this thing that happened. I had, um, the, uh, a couple weeks ago, I just was writing. I was dealing with some stuff, and I just started writing. And all of a sudden, the Lord gave this. And I don't believe it was for me, but I believe that he was like, I'm going to use this. And right now, we're going to use it. So I had this picture, and I just started writing this story. And there was a pounding at my door. And I was annoyed with the pounding. It wouldn't go away. And so I was just like, oh, whatever. And I just let the pounding, whatever, whoever was pounding, in. And in immediately came confusion and comparison. And they started, like, pounding on my head and beating the crap out of me. And I just kind of let them. And then as confusion was just knocking me, all of a sudden comparison goes and opens the door for judgment and lets judgment come in. And judgment came in and started attacking me by the neck. And he was like, I want to kill you. And we let these things into our lives over and over. And we don't see that God is like, I am here with you. Because the picture I have is Jesus walked into the room and everything stopped and looked at him because he's so gorgeous. He's so beautiful. He's so bright. And no one can look at anything else. And with all authority, he said, get out. Yes. And immediately comparison and confusion left the room. But judgment was still hanging on because it's got its grips in me. And Jesus was like, come here. And so I went to Jesus and he said, get out. And immediately judgment slithered like a snake out the door. And Jesus grabbed the back of him and threw it into a fire and it was over. And God was like, hey, Kim, a lot of you, we give in to comparison and confusion and we let judgments come in and it guides our whole life. And God is done with it. Yeah. We have got to say no, and we have got to say, God, who do you say I am? I don't want to compare my life anymore. So if that's you, I want you to stand in a second. I think that's all the things that I've got. <laughs> so I really believe that as you stand, if any of those things ring true to you, and you're like, yes, I want to make an exchange with the Lord, I'm going to have you stand. But if there's something in there that didn't, you're like, I don't know, but this came up in my mind as you were talking. Make an exchange with the Lord. It doesn't have to be on my list. He's talking to you right now. So if there's any of those things, I want you to take a stand right now because I believe chains are falling off of us right now in the name of Jesus. And Jesus, we are just so grateful that you are with us. God, we love you. We want to be face-to-face -face with you. We want to hear what you have to say about our life and about our situations. Forgive us for just staying tangled in these messes and not asking you what you see. God, I want us to be a people that are looking to you and saying, what do you see right now? And we start declaring those truths over our life. And we stop being hammered by the enemy and all of his tricks and junk. God, I pray that your, your healing touch would come on those bodies that are needing healing and that hearts would be made whole right now in the name of Jesus and that forgiveness would be released for those that have hurt us. And those that are lonely, I just pray, God, that they would recognize that they are in a family and that they would feel your love in the midst of the family that you have brought them in. 
And even if you're married and you've been feeling lonely, I feel like the Lord just wants to wrap his arms around you too and say, I'm not leaving you. I will never leave you. God, thank you that we don't have to be beggars that come to you with all of our requests, but we get to be your kids that say, what do you see, God? What do you want to do? And we would align ourselves with your truth and with your love. You're healing hearts today, Jesus, and we're so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Everyone says amen. Amen. All right. Well, there you go, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day.